Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Through the miracle of Internet Radio, the Never Say Impossible show offers a unique opportunity for the sharing of information and a unique opportunity to tell the world your story about your accomplishments, your passions, your products, and how you can be contacted. The show is designed to introduce you to new people who will inspire, motivate, and inform you of innovative ways to breathe new life into your goals and dreams. At NSI, anything is possible until you say it's not. I'm Myra, and you're listening to Never Say Impossible Radio. We cover all topics that are of importance to the public and can help improve the success of our listeners. Today, we are talking about a very serious topic, homeland security. We all want to feel secure in our lives, whether it's financial security, relationship security, job security, health care security, and so forth. In fact, we have a fairly good idea how secure we are in most areas of our life, with the exception of homeland security. That is one area where we don't have control. Do we really know who our neighbors are? Who are our children's friends? In fact, we are no longer sure of who is handling our luggage at the airport. There is a real reason to be concerned. For so many years, we felt safe from outside threats and from homegrown security threats. Today, we worry about just about everything, large crowds, public events, We're not neurotic. We're realistic. We are not safe anymore. But what can we do about it? Today, our guest is Victor Gambez, who has spent years fighting terrorism and crime. Let me tell you a little bit about this amazing man. Victor is a former second lieutenant in the Peruvian police force where he led an elite counterterrorism team called Sinceches. His close combat experience with terrorism, organizations such as Shining Path, F-A-R-C, and M-R-T-A allowed him to understand the imminent threat of terrorism, its psychology, mechanism, 
and dynamics and the cruel delivery of protest. Mr. Gambez is also a former sergeant in the United States Army, where he served as infantryman and military police. He is a veteran of the Panama invasion and the Persian Gulf War. Boy, what a history. He is a published author in matters of global terrorism, narco-terrorism, security in general, and leadership development. He has presented at five local universities in these matters and has posted many articles in the Israeli newspaper, the Isra Post. This amazing man earned his MBA business management summa cum laude at Florida National University. He holds two professional certifications, certified Homeland Security Level 3 and Certified Intelligence Analyst, both issued by the American Board of Certification in Homeland Security. Wow, Victor. Welcome. Thank you, Maya. It is actually a pleasure to be here and I never say impossible radio. <laughs> you know, I, your history is so vast. It's awesome, to tell you the truth. I always like to know what led our guests down their path in the first place. Why did you choose this line of work? Well, uh, it all started in Peru, like you just read in my bio, in my introduction. I was actually with a group of friends after high school, not knowing where to go, just like normal teenagers. And uh, it was just a group decision, and we all went to join the police force. Not everybody made it through the uh, um, all the tests and examinations that we have to actually encounter. And it's a group of about five or six that we actually went to, not knowing if we are going to like it or not. Uh, but evidently, we did like it. You know, we were young, we were single, we liked the adventure, we got, we liked the challenges. And at that time, in the 80s, um, in Peru, as well in probably all South America, terrorism was one of the hottest topics. Uh, and we were actually trained um, to do this. And this is how we evolved. And many, many, many years later, I continue actually in the same industry, working in the security aspect of it um, here in the United States, and I just do it with a passion. Wow. Well, every day we worry about it. It's not something that we consciously think of, but each time we're confronted with a news flash or um something on TV, we see that this is happening throughout the world. Usually not on the U.S. shore, but it has happened and is happening. Now our children are back to school. It's uh, Here in Florida, it's already started, but throughout the U.S., children go to school after Labor Day, and it starts all over again, and we wonder... 
how safe are our children in school? What do you say about that? Well, in general, we witness uh, two news reports about the high levels of crime in schools. I mean, it is nothing new when we are exposed to drugs, alcohol, I should say legal drugs, weapons, uh, violence, and a lot of criminal activities. Uh, we have schools that actually use metal detectors and, and, and give a totally different um, feeling of, of, of what used to be schools in the old days. Now, adding to this problem, the current problem that we have in terrorism indoctrination, uh, it is present in our schools too. So like you said in the beginning, we are not safe anymore, and I strongly believe that we are not. So we're going back to the classrooms. Uh, we have a long period of a vacation. A lot of things may have happened. Uh, kids could have been exposed to something. They want to bring it back to the school. They want to share some information that may be not uh, too secure for us. And kids like that. Kids like the forbidden things, and they try to explore it. And it, it is happening already. We already have several arrests of individuals that have been actually in websites trying to not only get more information uh, on terrorist activities, but also to enroll and such. And these are people that are actually coming from pretty good universities with very good background. And it is something that is is real, it's happening, and of course it's making us not safe at all. Well, I think many of our young people are vulnerable because growing up is not easy. And when you add into the mix that the internet has now exposed people to just about everything and anything. So if if a young person has feelings of inferiority or in some way feels that they've been rejected by their peers, they're so they're like sitting ducks. They they're so susceptible to being seduced into something that's criminal and extremely dangerous. So what would your advice be? To these young people and their parents about trying to stay safe and to look forward to the future and the opportunities that are available that are legal and can bring them great joy in life. How, how do we get them past that difficult time? Well, we have tried uh, in the case of illegal drugs, there are many campaigns, there's many programs, there's many presentations in schools, there are many groups uh, dedicated to prevent drugs in schools, for example, 
Uh, they talk to the parents, they talk to the kids, they talk to them together. But at the end, the kids are going to do whatever they want to do. That's their reality. We have no much control of our kids in these days. In, the, in, in this case of when they feel seduced, uh, per se, with ISIS, for example, as we, we, we see it happening already in, in, in these past two weeks, uh, and not only in the United States, but also we have from Britain, for example, uh, on other countries, they get seduced uh, for that because they, they offer it. I mean, we have people from uh, ISIS, for example, they are very well uh, trained or knowledgeable of using social media to reach them, to offer them, uh, you know, the, an adventurous trip, uh, a, a, a place to live without having to pay absolutely anything, the use of sophisticated weapons, uh, the use of a, a different type of liberty, um, and, and kids that are weak uh, fall into this. It, it, it sounds great for them. And, uh, they, they think they're going to be traveling, they're going to go there, they're going to live for free, they're going to have weapons, nobody's going to tell them nothing is actually uh, persecutable. Everything is going to be fine with them. And it's an adventure. It's a challenge. So uh, when they're weak uh, on, on what a family is, uh, we used to actually know about, it, it is easy for them to, to fall and in, in, in go to this. Fortunately, we have uh, a federal government that is actually tracing this type of uh, uh, conversations or, or, or relationships that's happening, and this is how people are starting actually getting caught because they've been responding to uh, fake uh, terrorist websites, and they didn't know that they were actually talking to FBI agents, and 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 you get to the point when they're ready to travel and they go to the airport, and this actually when they got arrested and then they confess. It is very easy. At the end, we, we can use a lot of programs. We can use a lot of effort. We can talk to the parents. We can talk to the kids. We can talk both of them together. But at the end, they're going to do it, whatever they want to do. So I get my best advice to them, to the students, uh, is just to be away from this. I mean, to realize that we live in a wonderful country. This is a country where everybody wants to be legally or illegally, but they want to be here because this is a land of opportunity. And I still believe this is a land of opportunity. I still strongly believe this is a wonderful country. And I still strongly believe that whatever our young generation decides to do is going to have an impact in their future. So we have to basically not just tell them how dangerous it is to have this type of communications or trying to join these organizations, but also the impact that this is going to have in their future. There is nothing there. There is nothing to win. There is nothing good for them. And parents, unfortunately, we don't have, I said it before, we don't have much control of our, uh, of our kids. 
I mean, we provide them with computers, we provide them with tablets, with cell phones. They are they are 24/7 on social media. They have Twitter accounts, they have Facebook, they have this and that, and so they have the same the terrorist organizations. They do post videos, you know, videos that are banned in in in, in YouTube or in CNN websites or in the news. They have it for free, and they get to see how actually people get uh, shot and killed, beheaded, and and believe it or not, that is quote cool for them. The way they see it, the way they share it, and I'm not saying everybody is like that, but it takes only one, and it takes already two, three, and four, and we continue seeing these kids trying to join in this because they're looking for some type of. Uh, identification. Yeah, I I think you hit the nail on the head. I think for many young people, the feeling of not having a purpose in in their life, feeling lost, not knowing what they're going to grow up to be, how they're going to earn a living, how they're going to survive, particularly children that come from underprivileged um, backgrounds. So they look at their parents, usually it may be a broken home or a, a single home parent, and they have no role model. They are seeing one parent who may be working a couple of jobs just to make ends meet or is doing something illegal to make ends meet. So they're really lost and feeling hopeless. So in enter these criminal personalities, these terrorists that see this, and they're able to lie to these kids to a degree that the kid thinks they're going to this wonderful place, like you said, that's going to be heaven for them. So it's really something that, we have to stay on top of as parents and as teachers, as educators, as leaders, and look for signs. Look for children whose personalities are seemingly different than they were a year ago or two years ago. Look for strange behavior. Check on them. See what they're doing. Don't think that they aren't vulnerable. I agree with what you're saying 100%. And what you do, speaking to universities and um, probably high school kids, where when I think it begins, it begins probably in those, those years when they're wondering, what am I going to do? My grades aren't good enough to go to the university and this, that, and the other. And that's when I think they're the most vulnerable. I commend you for doing what you're doing and teaching these leadership skills, not only to parents, but to other students who have a vigilant eye. Who knows better than their peers? If Johnny is not acting right, if Johnny says some weird things, maybe he's not joking. And it should be reported. So I guess education is the key, allowing people to know what they're facing and what it could mean for them and their family. So, wow, great. 
Now, let me ask you, on the other end of it, let's move terrorism aside for a second. You're a great leader. Your leadership skills are very evident. Even when I first met you, I could see that you had a powerful personality and a presence. You have the ability to confront almost any situation and have a sense of self-confidence about what you're doing. How can self-confidence alone combat poverty, misery, loneliness, and other aspects that young people encounter while they're trying to find themselves? Well, Maya, uh, I think this is a very good question. Um, Let's start saying while you actually created never say impossible. Um, self-confidence, and, and as you know, you probably relate to this, is nothing but just an inner aspect of each persona. Uh, of course, with self-confidence, you can combat poverty, misery, and everything that you mentioned. Uh, but this is something that we have to actually guide our young kids in, because they might not know how to. Uh, yes, some of them, when they go into the military, for example, that is a perfect school where you can have self-discipline and you learn, actually, so many things about survival skills and, and, and a lot of that kind of stuff that automatically give you self-confidence and you feel good with yourself because you, you can create a can-do attitude. And when kids don't have role models in their lives, when dad is in prison, when mom is not at home, when their when their siblings are just uh, not going to school, and they're all involved in many illegal activities, yes, it's hard. It's hard because they don't know it. They think that is their world. They think that that's what they are meant to be, what they have to be. And if somebody sells drugs, the other one wants to sell more drugs and maybe become a, a, a respected, in quotes, drug dealer. If, if dad is in prison because he, he, he robbed a bank, now he, he has to rob more and be just like that or better than that. Uh, we have to actually target this uh, underprivileged uh, community, society, groups, or kids in order to immediately uh, start teaching uh, leadership skills that are going to develop self-confidence and let them know that they are as important as your own kids. When I talk to kids, I talk if they are actually my own kids. You know, I, 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 I don't like to see somebody who says, uh, I can't do it, I, I never went to school, or I cannot go to school, I can't afford this, I don't have a car, I don't have a dad. Uh, they create their own, uh, quote, disability. And this is not actually uh, something that we have to just let it pass. We have to uh, talk to them. We have to be with them. We have to show them that everything and anything that they want in life can be attained by having that powerful mentality, positivism, concentration, up thinking at all times, 
in order for them to create self-confidence. And little by little, they will understand that they have that power within, that they can actually arise from poverty, that they can actually arise from misery, and most important, from loneliness. Because even if they do not have their parents and they are alone, or they're in a foster home, or in any other similar situation, if they decide 100% that they want to overcome those difficulties, those challenges in life, they will definitely do it. And it takes only a self-person. Nobody else is going to give you uh, 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 that power but yourself. Yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. I came from an impoverished background, broken home, single room occupancy, uh, welfare in New York City. The the whole nine yards, I had only one advantage. I mean, I didn't even have any friends. I became completely paralyzed at the age of 10 by polio. Very familiar yeah, with I, story, Maya. But what I, I had one advantage. I had a mother who told me I could be anything. And although at during my teenage years, I didn't believe that because I felt like damaged goods and I proceeded to do everything to destroy myself because I didn't like myself, which is what happens, I think, to many kids who come from that kind of background or have to face some kind of physical or invisible disability, a d- developmental disability. Whatever it is, they begin to turn their frustration inward towards themselves and do very self-destructive things. But my mother was pretty strong, and I was very blessed. I found a mentor who believed in me, and I discovered that it was nothing that could be gifted to me. I had to gift it to myself. If I want to succeed, and I was tired of of living a life of self-destructive behavior, hanging out with the wrong people, all of the things that we do when when we're self-destructive, it was up to me. And I decided at that point in my life that I was going to make a change. But I had help. I had uh, emotional help through therapy. I had a strong mother, and I had a mentor. So I really think it's up to us as adults to step in when we see a lost child, when we see it, witness it. I mean, it's obvious when when a child is giving up and hanging with the wrong people. So you know. It is something that comes from within, but it's up to us to instill that power in these kids. Look in the mirror. Look and say, I can be anybody and believe it. I don't have to be down in the gutter with the the criminals. I really love everything you're saying. I think it's fantastic. I I think you did great on that aspect. Mm, Thank you. Uh, We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, I want you to tell people how they contact you through LinkedIn uh, to come and speak at their school or their event. 
So we'll be right back out there because this is something that affects all of us and our youth are our future. So keep listening. We'll be right back. Sign up today for my weekly radio show announcements and guest information and receive a free chapter of my newest book, Dancing on Your Disabilities, Never Say Impossible to Your Dreams, My Story of Perseverance, Passion, Hope, and Happiness. Dreams do come true despite adversity. If I can do it, you can do it too. This is Myra Goldick, and you are listening to Never Say Impossible Radio. We are talking to Victor Gemmes, and he is an expert in leadership, in uh, counterterrorism, security, and he can be contacted on LinkedIn. So tell everybody exactly how you spell your name and how they find you on LinkedIn. Sure. Um, Victor, it's very easy, V-I-C-T-O-R. Last name is Gembes. It spells G-U-E-M-B-E-S. I can be searching LinkedIn or also through my uh, personal email, which is my last name. G-U-E-M-B-E-S at hotmail.com. And like you mentioned, yes, I can be contacted for any type of presentations uh, to schools, you know, either high schools or universities uh, in any matters in, in, in regards to global terrorism, the security industry in general, leadership, and personal growth. Excellent. Wonderful. Thank you for that. Now, let's talk about security in malls. What, you know, there I go into malls, and my husband happens to work security at the Wellington Mall. And mm-hmm. I go into malls, and I always wonder, what keeps us safe in malls? <laughs> Probably nothing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Again, we are not safe anymore. So anywhere we go, we have to have that attitude of uh, self-preservation. I mean, you go to the mall, you have a huge parking lot. We need to be more attentive and, and, and more uh, alert of our surroundings. You know, pay attention to people that are sitting on vehicles. Pay attention to people that are just wandering in parking lots. Uh, pay attention to everything, packages and, and attendant packages. Uh, I always think that what if, uh, if something happened, what would be my closest point of egress? Where should I run? Where should I go? What should I do? And, and, and unfortunately, this is the situation where we live. I mean, uh, we have not experienced probably enough but I can tell you the attitude of people that leave or work in New York City changes ever since 9-11. People who have presence, uh, death, who have presence, destruction, uh, and, and, and chaos and all that stuff. When they go to work, I'm pretty sure they are all already thinking 
of what if something happened here in the subway? Where should I go? Where should I run? Or maybe they don't take the subway anymore. They just commute uh, with buses or they walk or they ride a bicycle. It, it changes. It changes your, your daily uh, uh, um, your daily routine of things that you used to do. So, and that's because after the fact. So when you go to the mall uh, or, or to the movie theater, which is not even safe because we already know there's shootings in, in, in movie theater. I mean, so what should I do? Stay home? Well, you're not even safe at your home either. So we have to develop this. Um, and when I talk to people in, in, in presentations, we do certain uh, things uh, to, uh, to raise the awareness and, and be more attentive to our surroundings every time we go anywhere. You know, unfortunately, it's anywhere. It's not just at the airport. It's not just at the movie theater. It's in schools. It's in the hospitals. It's in, 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 it can happen in any federal building. It can happen in a protest to anything. So it's not just the malls. I mean, of course, these are places where if something happens, there would be mass destruction. You know, there would be mass casualties. And... and and it is very difficult to live in a situation like that. So uh, I guess just be more aware. I mean, it's very simple. It's very basic. You know, a group of people are gathering in, in places where they're not supposed to be. And, and, and they tell you something. If you feel like something is wrong, there is absolutely nothing wrong in reporting this because you call police for anything that you think is suspicious, but in fact it's not. Uh, it's better to be safe than sorry. And you know, we sometimes we call 911 for a lot of stuff, and, and at the end it's investigated, and it's nothing like we actually thought it was happening. So, but at least it's just the chance of, of, of preventing. Stay alert. That's um, yeah. That's the message here. Stay alert, be on guard, and be defensive if you think something isn't right. Now, your story is such a success story. I want to go back a little bit. There's so much in the news today about immigrants and children of immigrants. Both of my parents were immigrants. Both of my parents became citizens. Uh, they weren't together, but they both became citizens. You were an immigrant. How did you become so successful and overcome the fact that you came to this country from another country? Now, you had training in the other country, which I'm sure helped you a lot, but you went on here to further your education. Where did that gumption come from? Well, this, I guess I have, uh, in, in, just to put it in one word, is self-confidence again. When I, when I came into this country uh, about 26, 27 years ago, uh, my English was not good, like most immigrants, uh, when they come to this country. My, my, my family, the rest of my family, my, my, my parents, my brothers, they were already here. They were already U.S. citizens. 
some of them were legal residents of the United States, and I was the last person to leave my my, my country. Uh, I actually did not want to come. I, I remember I was still fighting terrorists in South America. It was cool. It was nice. I was traveling. Uh, but then it got to a point where my life actually got pretty much in danger. Uh, and I decided because I had this opportunity to come legally to the States, which I did. But again, it start all over again. It's very difficult in a place where you don't have friends, you don't have uh, much of your own culture and customs, and you have to actually reinvent yourself. So with that self-confidence, again, I say, well, this is what I want. You have to set first what you want. You have to see if it's attainable or not. And if it is, then you have to draw a path. And day by day, go up one step at a time until you actually get it. So my first goal was to learn English. And the only way to do that is, or was actually, to avoid any television channel in Spanish. I avoid reading any material in Spanish. And I was reading, listening, and studying English on my own. I got a job. Uh, that I worked actually for three months in uh, the Rockefeller Center in Manhattan, in New York. Uh, so working as a waiter in one of the restaurants there. And, but I knew that was not what I wanted. So I said with the money that I'm going to make in this restaurant, I'm going to buy me a new pair of shoes and I'm going to buy me my book so I can study to join the service. Um, I bought me a new pair of running shoes, and I was running every single day at nighttime uh, around the park. I was preparing physically. I was preparing mentally and uh, to go into the Army because that's what I actually wanted. That was my goal. And three months later, I joined the service and joined the infantry. And the two more years after that, until I got out and started working in the security industry ever since. So it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy because when I was in the Army, I remember in basic training, uh, usually in basic training, you sleep only about four and a half to five hours a day. And you go to bed really late and you get up really early it's in basic training. In addition to my training, in addition to everything that we have to do and study, I have to allot at least 30 minutes to an hour to continue studying and getting better in my English. Um, I did that with the help of some audiovisuals that the Army provides you uh, for English as a second language student. So in addition to everything that I have to do in basic training, I have to study more English on my own. Time that I didn't have, but time that I actually found it and that have a very successful uh, result. So again, I had that confidence that I can do it. I did it. And ever since, and thanks God as well, spiritually, mentally, and physically, you have the control to drive yourself from any point 
to any other point that you want to be in life. Well, you're certainly an example of that, and you are also an unbelievable leader because of that. It ends the conversation, but I can't, or you mean you don't want to. And somebody once said to me a long time ago that anything worth having takes work. Nothing in life is just handed to you if it's worth having. So, you know, if you have the mindset that you want to achieve something and you put that effort and that goal setting because you told me you set up goals for yourself, you refuse to converse or or read literature in your native language. You read, you forced yourself to read everything in English and 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 that takes real fortitude because it had to be a struggle at the beginning. You'd probably read a line and go, wait a minute, but I read there. <laughs> so I I think that's great. You know, so wonderful. Hats off to you. We're almost at the top of the hour. And I'd like to ask you right now, to say a few words of inspiration to our listeners that are possibly feeling in transition or lost or not knowing what to do. Um, My husband always says, all the kids in this country should spend two years in the Army. And I can't say I disagree with him because it certainly does teach discipline, but that's not a reality. So what words of inspiration would you say to people out there about achieving their goals and getting over the negativity in their life? Well, I guess talking on my personal, uh, from my personal perspective, I think the very first thing that we have to consider is to have faith. I believe that uh, faith is one of the forces by which we live, and the total absence of it means the collapse. And you have to have faith in your God, whatever religion you want to profess. But you have to have faith, and you have to be strong, and you have to believe it. Number two, you have to believe in yourself. We are creatures created with an enormous power to reach anything you want in life. It's not an easy path. It's not a straight line. It has a lot of challenges. Sometimes you can even see darkness and you give up. By my best advice to anybody who actually wants to move up in any aspect, jobs, personal life, even health. Never say impossible. Refuse to be weak. I love it. Yes, and and, and this is something that has helped me. I refuse to be weak. I refuse to let negative forces affect my life and affect my decisions. You know, you are a very strong person. You have a brain. 
you have a body, you have a soul, you have a mind, you have goals. And if you don't have goals, create a goal. Because not having a goal is also a goal. But that we, you, will be, you will be a loser. And we, we can't. We can't live like that. So refuse anything that is going to detain you or restrain you from achieving those goals. Never say impossible. Always look forward. Never look backward. Very wonderfully said and very great advice for all our listeners. And I want to thank you, Victor, for spending your busy time with us today to spread that message and to keep us on our toes and moving forward and continuing to be a great country. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Maya. I really appreciate this invitation. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. And to you out there in cyberspace, you can find us on facebook.com forward slash Never Say Impossible Radio. Remember to like the page when you visit. You can also find us listed as, and these are capital letters, NSI and D-O-O-D Radio. That's the AmpuSign on Stitcher.com, iTunes, on TuneIn, on um uh, my website at MyraGoldick.com and the show archives. Stitcher is Bluetooth, so you can listen in your car. And until next time, never say impossible. You've been listening to Never Say Impossible, a show created to inspire, motivate, and inform the public with unique guests and content. NSI is a powerful way to connect with millions of people all over the world. Visit NSI at Myra's website, www.myragoldick.com. during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.